Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to sports on a Sunday morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Sports Toys, KMOX. BK, my friends are trying to comprehend right now how I was on the dock this morning fishing, and now I'm sitting in Studio B downtown. They're like, "You're how? What? You're friends in law enforcement?" Yeah, no, just kidding. <laughs> That's right. No, I follow all the rules on the highway. Of course you do. Um, no, I was at Innsbruck uh, over the weekend, which is great. Uh, yes, they are a, a, a great partner of mine and and partner of the radio station. But I, I've been going there a long time, so I can speak from experience. Fishing, golf. Uh, kayaking, kicking back with the family. What a great way. You were telling me this morning you uh, had a chance to go out and get the line wet a little bit. I did. What a great way to spend a morning is on on the water. It was nice. So my first sports cast with you was at 645, and then I went down to see what was going on. A raccoon. I left some live bait out, and a raccoon got it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I had to use uh, plastic baits. But, uh, yeah, I did. Between a couple of sports casts, I did fire a couple uh, lines out there. I didn't catch anything this morning. Got a couple last night after dinner. Um, but, uh, no, it's nice. And, and, uh, you know, I had, they had a, the, the home we were staying and we rent there. A lot of people ask, I don't own a home there. I, mm-hmm. I rent and, uh, through Innsbruck and, uh, the people that, uh, uh, rented us the place at a big TV that I parked it in front of the TV last night after a weekend of activity and lots of fresh air. I sat there with a cocktail and watched the uh, basketball and you know i i was fascinated with it uh, the oral roberts story they lose i was fascinated mm. with loyola they lose but you know i i think that we get into the elite eight in the final four we're gonna end up some really good teams and a really good college basketball finish i also was thinking a lot about bob plager over the weekend in my quiet moments uh, out there and i know we're going to talk about him a lot on sports on a sunday morning and about the blues with you in just a moment and you know, we had a great garage happy hour with John Mosellock, and I, I asked Mo, this is how great he is. He really is. I mean, he gets you, the Cardinals fans, that you need information. Because I, I tried to let him off the hook, James. I said, hey, how about, you know, I'll keep tradition, I'll run the garage happy hour audio, and you can just take Sunday off of the show. And he said, no, you know what, let's go live. I want to go awesome. live at 1130, because he yeah. wants to give you the latest on the team. And I'm not sure what's going on with this rotation. At the very moment, it's kind of pieced together because KK and, and Miles are both out uh, for a little while. But uh, Ponce de Leon, Gant are going to be in this rotation with Carlos Martinez and Wayno and Jack Flaherty. Now, Wainwright was supposed to start today, but they're instead starting Matthew Liberator. So we'll take a look at that uh, from Mike Claiborne here in just a few minutes. And then Mo will be with us at 1130. And a tribute to Bob Plager this morning from Kelly Chase 
and Ron Jacober in this 10 o'clock hour and coming up after you, Klabes, of course, has a lot of thoughts on Bob Plager, as do you. Yeah, Ke- well, Kelly Chase the, voicing the tribute the other night was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does that so well, and I know that had to be very difficult for him to get through because uh, he was best buddies with Bobby. He said, you know, Bobby was like my a father figure to him, and and uh, Kelly has kind of cemented himself in that in in that. I mean, he's not obviously like Bob Plager, but he is a true blue through and through in the St. Louis area. So uh, it had to be very difficult for him to voice that. It was outstanding. Absolutely. The vision of seeing the Blues out there in their warm-ups all wearing number five mm-hmm. was really uh, something. And uh, my wife and I actually watched uh, on Friday night the five number retirement ceremony Mm. on YouTube. We put it on the big screen and watched it. And then, of course, when they lower eight and raise the two up, I cried all over again. I was (laughs) sobbing sitting there on the couch. Uh Uh, Uh What a a moment it was. And I know that uh, this hockey team is going to bounce back. I know that it's a hard time for everybody. And But I also know, you know, they have a job to do and they're trying to get out there and do it. And the, to get into some hockey talk with you, I mean, they just have a lack of scoring right now. That's that's what I see. And I, I don't know how to fix that right now except to to keep playing the way you, you know how to play and then hopefully some of those bounces go your way. Yeah, you can't get frustrated. You, they got to stay on their toes, which they the last two games, they outshot the opponent by a long shot. Well, especially Minnesota, obviously. Not not as big a, a lopsided result with uh, Anaheim. But, uh, you know, a lot of the shots against Minnesota were from the outside and right in the chest. Not much challenge. I don't remember any great saves against them in that game. The Anaheim game, they had more chances. I think they had 11 scoring chances officially, uh, which still isn't a lot, but I thought they did a lot better job in getting in front of the net. They need to do more of that. I mean, these goalies are going to stop things they see, and if you shoot from the outside, the idea is not necessarily to score, but to either get a deflection or a rebound, and you got to be in front to get the deflection or the rebound, so... Crash the net, boys, it seems to me. you got to play in those hard areas, and you got to move the puck side to side and get the goaltender moving, I think. You yeah. know, you can't yeah. let them be stationary. And, and we'll see what ends up happening there. I know you tossed out Taylor Hall's name this morning. <laughs> you know, I, I would love to see more weapons on this team, of course, but mm-hmm. I think they've got a pretty capable group right now that can score. It's just a matter of getting into a better rhythm here and getting the right combinations of people. I mean, when you have Perron and Ryan O'Reilly and Jordan Cairo out mm-hmm. there, more often than not, they're making things happen, but you got to roll three lines out there that can do that. And then the SST line with Schwartz, Shen, and Tarasenko is looking better all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Tarasenko and Schwartz get back into the groove, uh, they're putting on pressure. They're doing some good forechecking. And uh, I, the other night I was watching, I stopped Sue and I said, look at this. This is the perfect forecheck. And I think it was Robert Thomas who came up behind the net, pressured the guy. He put it against the boards. There were two blues around one opponent. They got the puck right back and put it right in front. It was a terrific forecheck, and that's what they need to do more of, and they have been, I think, the last couple of games. We're seeing that, um, but you got to get it in the net, man. And uh, and sometimes, you know, you get snake bit. You remember Schwartz a couple years ago, he couldn't score to save his life, and then in the playoffs he got hot and uh, and was one of our better scorers. So you just got to plug, keep plugging away. They're playing well the last two games. Just got to... Got to get it in the net. Yeah, uh, they got to find a way here. They've got Anaheim this afternoon at 4 o'clock at Enterprise Center. And the Blues right now in the NHL standings, I mean, it's not pretty right now in the West. I mean, they have 37 points. So they're actually tied with Arizona for fourth place. And they're now 10 points behind Vegas. 
I hate to say something nice about Vegas, but they're really good. Yeah. I mean, they they are. I know the Blues had that long streak of beating them in regulation. Forget about that. I mean, they're, this, they're better. Yeah. I mean, Vegas is just a better team right now, and they don't even have Petro. And I think Colorado is too. Colorado's a yeah, heck good. of a team. Yeah, they are. Uh, they played what overtime last night, right? That uh, overtime yeah. game. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, and the Blues, like you said, they're tied for that playoff spot, the fourth one. You got you got a lot of games against Minnesota. And they are hot at home, especially. That's a good team that's better than I think a lot of people thought. So they need to start winning. And when you play a team like Anaheim, you've got to get these two points today. It's, uh, you know, it's not must win, but it's it's getting there. And you got to keep it going because, uh, like I said, you're going to play Minnesota quite a few times coming up. And they're a better team, and you're battling them for a playoff spot. So. A little urgency, a yeah. little playoff yeah. type hockey, right? Uh, yeah. Get get after it here. Just final thing, what do you expect uh, today? I know you'll be checking out the 4 o'clock game. I have a feeling that once the Blues, I mean, they did score the other night, and that was it. I think once they kind of break that seal, they're going to have a good game. They're going to score three or four, uh, maybe five in a game, I'm hoping. So let's see if we can break that seal today. Get out there and get the two points. I hope so. I'm, I'm enjoying hearing the fans. I know they're mm-hmm. getting more fans in there. That's good. And what a great group of people they are, the St. Louis Blues. I just, my heart goes out to them. I, I feel like, you know, we are part of their family. We were their radio partner for a long time. We still partner with them on things and, and communicate with them daily. And uh, I just, every single person over there, I care a lot about right now because that is a huge, huge um uh, loss. Yeah. It, yeah it just, you, it, I, I mean, it's it's really, really hard. Ryan Schulte, our, our engineer, put together, he found a bunch of bites from Bobby Plager over the years, and yesterday morning I played about seven or eight minutes of mainly just Bobby mm-hmm. talking about his time in St. Louis, his 50 years with the Blues, plus now uh, his the early teams, the Solomons, the leaders of the team, Scotty Bowman, just him talking. And just listening to him talk about those teams and the Blues and the fans was outstanding. So if you want to check it out, that's at camwatch.com podcast page. Look for Total Information AM Weekend, and it's up there. And I, it, it's very, very, very little of me and a lot of Bobby Plager, which is the way it should be because it, it was it was nice. Well, you have a great appreciation for the organization, and I do appreciate you. Thank you very much for it. Thank you, Tom. Brian Kelly with us for our Blues Breakdown. It's 1015. Mike Claiborne from Jupiter, Florida, next. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. It's time to go down to the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter, Florida, for the final time. It's time to pack it up and get out of there. Mike Claiborne, Cardinals broadcaster, is with us. I've really appreciated these visits. Thanks for doing it. How are things in Jupiter? Well, I just... uh threw my last line in for the spring and uh, heading back. So baseball this afternoon, but everything is good. We've got the the workers all set to dismantle the, uh, the broadcast center here. Oh, good. So uh, the crew is down is there. Well, yeah, we, about eight and nine of these guys. I mean, this thing is massive that it's, we have. It's a big, big uh, setup that we have. We've got to break it down. It takes a, a full day of work. Uh, we're going to, yeah. yep. We're going to let them uh, break for lunch and then finish it off and then <laughs> pack it into the, T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center truck and head it back to St. Louis. And we'll pack it up and use it next year. <laughs> yeah, I guess we will. <laughs> uh, Jupiter, Florida is, uh, I look, you, you've you been going down there for years, but I, I'm right, isn't it? I, I, covering enough spring trainings, there is a point where you say, all right, it's time to 
get this thing going, and the players kind of get an itch too. I mean, you want to see everybody, and you want to make sure everyone gets in their work, but at some point you're ready to face uh, the real deal. No, you're right. Um, I was talking to Mike Schilt about that very thing yesterday, and he said, are you ready? I said, I'm packed. <laughs> I said, the only thing that's not packed is my fishing tackle and that stuff, but and I'm going to put that away after today, but I'm ready to go. And I think they are too, and I think it's an indicator by looking at the lineup today uh, there's only two starters that I think will be part of this uh, on opening day. And the, the other guys, there's some guys that maybe you think they're still playing for a spot. I, I would think Austin Dean and John Nagowski want to want to look good today as they're going to both be in the lineup. But overall, you know, it's one of those things where they got their work in. Uh, we dodged some bullets. We didn't have too many people hurt. And, um, you know, it, it is what it is. This is our team. And, I can promise you this, Tom, what you see on April 1st is probably not what you're going to see on May 15th or certainly June 15th. Uh, I think you'll see some shuttling take place um, for different reasons. Yeah, the work in progress for sure. Tommy Edmonds, the leadoff hitter today, playing second base, and Yachty, the catcher, is batting third. Claves referring to those two as starters on opening day. Otherwise, you've got uh, some guys competing and some trying to get a look. And you have Matt Carpenter getting a look at third base, and it's been a, a tough go there. I know we've talked about that a lot, Claves, trying to figure out what his future will be. You know, I've watched a lot of spring trainings, and I've watched good players. I don't think I've ever seen something of this nature with the consistency of him just not being able to get it done. Um, and what his role will be, and Mike Schultz alluded to the fact he'll be the first left-handed bat off the bench. Um, you know, and it's one of those things, Tom, where you hope he can find it. You, you haven't seen it so far, but, you know, maybe when the season starts, he, he'll have some fortune. I mean, he, he's going to see some, some good le- relief pitching, that's for sure. And uh, it's just something we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed until another decision can be made on how far you can go with it. Matthew Libertor. And I think the other yep. thing is this. Here's the other thing. If there was some young phenom um, that was left-handed, you know, maybe that things would change. But there isn't anybody else who, in my opinion, is ready to contribute. I mean, Justin Williams will make the team because he's the only left-handed bat with any pro experience other than the two switch hitters. Uh, Max Moroff, you know, I'm not sure if he'll make the team or not, but you know, they just they just don't have anybody. And, and Nolan Gorman is not ready. So it, it's just one of those situations that right now you, you just go with what you have. And I think over time, um, John Mozeliak's been good at evaluating his team during certain periods. And I don't think that'll change this year either. I'm sure he's looking around to see who might be out there down the road if they need someone. But I think they're counting on Matt Carpenter to to break out of this at some point. Yeah, that's a good point. And I like Justin for sure. But I, you know, like you said, there's just not enough experience there. But he is a lefty bat, and that's a that's definitely something you need. That's a hot commodity right now if you're the Cardinals. Uh, Matthew Libertor, lefty, is starting today. Uh, the Cardinals informing us just a few moments ago, Claves, that uh, Adam Wainwright, who was supposed to start today, is fine. I mean, he's going to start tomorrow against the Mets. Carlos Martinez is also going to pitch tomorrow. So those two are in the rotation. Jack Flaherty's in the rotation. John Gant has pitched well enough to be in this starting rotation. And now Daniel Ponce de Leon is going to hold a spot until KK is better. How was KK yesterday? Well, the first three pitches, he two of the first three pitches he threw were uh, triples. I mean, they, they, they bounced off the wall. They were triples. He, he didn't look good early, and then he kind of settled in in that next inning. 
So I, I don't know whether it was just the fact of him getting loose and just getting a better feel was a difference. But the first inning, his first inning of work was not as good as his second. His second inning was pretty solid. So I, I'm thinking they, they want to build off of that and, and just see where the next opportunity for him to throw would be. Uh, you make a good point. Daniel Ponce de Leon is holding a spot. You know, with the off days that they have in the month of April, you, you may not need him, uh, that'd be a KK, until maybe mid to late April where maybe he can get stretched out a little bit more. And I think with Ponce de Leon, because he throws so many pitches so early, you know, you're going to make sure – you better make sure you have a rested bullpen because at least two other guys are going to pitch that day. So you got to be careful on when and how you use him. I mean, he's got good stuff, but his command is just too erratic for him to be a person that you can expect more than five innings out of. You're, uh, you've watched a lot of this. Uh, any uh, something maybe that surprised you that you're that you feel is a very positive development going into 2021, whether it's the lineup, uh, the bench, or this bullpen or rotation. Well, I think I think Dylan Carlson has been a pleasant surprise with regard to his defensive development. I think he's a pretty good center fielder. I've I watched him take enough balls where uh, he has a real good feel for the position. It, it's a challenging one these days, but I, I like what he's able to bring to the party. Now, if he can learn how to hit that pitch up and in, because that's all they're throwing him, Tom, up and in, high and tight, and he's having a problem picking that pitch up or doing anything with it. Uh, and then they come away with him, and then he kind of gets a little out of out of whack. But I, I like his development. Um, you know, Tommy Edmond has been real solid, okay? I mean, he is a guy who's moved around quite a bit, but he's been very solid at second base. Uh, I like the bullpen a lot. I like it a lot. And I think those are the cornerstones. But the bullpen will only be as good as your starters because you can't have guys going four or five innings. They've got to get through six. They, it would be great if they can get to seven, but five is the cutoff. They, but six is the, one, is the one that really puts you in prime position to utilize a pretty effective bullpen. Looking forward to see how that all develops starting April 1st against the Cincinnati Reds. Claves, in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Kelly Chase. And uh, there wasn't a, a St. Louis Blues uh, person uh, involved in the organization that was uh, closer with the Bobby Plager than Kelly Chase, and I know he's going to be talking uh, very highly of his uh, a person that he considered a, a father figure. Uh, before we go and and head into that interview, I want to get your thoughts on Bob, and I know that you've talked on KMOX about this legendary figure in our lives. It was such a hard loss. It's uh, every day we're just trying to heal a little bit better. And I know that he would want us to. <laughs> All he did was make yeah. us laugh and smile. Yeah, you know, uh, um, heck, I've known Bobby ever since I got in the business and followed him, obviously, as a player before that. And and you're right, he, he made us laugh a lot. But, you know, Bobby Plager was a really, really good hockey person. I mean, he understood the game and he understood people and he knew how to get to people. Uh, he kept it simple. But if he had to you know, go around a corner to convince you that this is a better way for you than he could do it. And, and I just thought his communication skills is what made him such a special person. Uh, you're right about the fact he made us laugh and he always had something to say, a joke or a wisecrack or a great story. But, man, this guy knew the game. And uh, that's why so many coaches and general managers and people in the organization have always relied on Bobby's opinion. 
And uh, it's something that organizations, you know, when you look at the ones we've had in St. Louis, I mean, he was kind of like George Kissel that was to the Cardinals. And, you know, when you have a guy like that who who is just so well-respected, you're very fortunate because a lot of organizations don't have it. And I think that's why the Blues have been as successful and as competitive as they've been over the years, much like the way the Cardinals have been because they've had that tradition. Now, who picks it up from here? I, I just don't know because it's a very rare trait that Bobby had that can't easily be replaced. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of people, and I think one of the people will be Kelly Chase uh, moving forward to, oh, yeah. to kind of yeah. lead, you know lead that charge, and he's going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. Claves, really appreciate it. Your coverage is terrific. Uh, safe travels to your next stop as the Cardinals take on the Cincinnati Reds, and then they'll be here before we know it. April 8th is the home opener. Terrific work. Thank you very much for it. Thank you, Tom, and I'm looking forward to seeing a, seeing as many fans as they allow us to have in the ballpark on April 8th. Uh, it's a long time in coming, and um, I'm hoping that everybody can be safer and we can get more people in as we go and have a few wins under our belt as well. Amen to that. We miss them a lot. Can't wait to see those fans. Klabes, have a good one. Thank you. You too, Tom. Take care. Mike Claiborne joining us from Jupiter, Florida on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Kelly Chase is with us next. KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back. Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you, joined by the great St. Louis Blue, Kelly Chase. And, Kelly, I was just watching, once again, the tribute that the Blues put out that you voiced, where they uh, said that Bobby always said the logo on the front of the sweater meant more than the name on the back. But to the St. Louis Blues logo, no name on the back of the sweater meant more. And first of all, good morning, and thank you for joining us on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Uh, I appreciate you having me. It's great to have you. I I, um, I can't imagine uh, what's going through uh, your mind and what this experience has uh, been like here over the last several days for everyone in the Blues organization, and certainly just to, this video itself, to, to voice this must have been an emotional experience for you. Yeah. Um, I believe Dan O'Neill Sr. Uh, helped uh, Dan Jr. with that piece, and uh Trevor Nickerson having to piece everything together because I probably stopped about 45 times. Um, it just was, it was tough. I mean, look at Bobby was an important figure uh, in the city. He was very important to me and my family. He was, you know, he, he, it's funny how it evolved because he treated Twister and I like we were his children when we were getting here. And then, in the last few years, I felt like he was mine. I had to have some laughs with him and every once in a while, you know, but he, he was such a, he was such an important person in, in, in my life. I mean, look, him and Patty Janelle, most of what I have in, in my, in my life, I owe to hockey and they're the reason why I'm, I played here in St. Louis. You know, I looked over so many fans too. felt such a connection with him. Even if you met him for the first time, one time, 30 to 60 seconds, asked to take a picture with him. The amazing thing was he always made you feel like you were so important. And if you look at all these pictures people are posting on social media, he looks like he's known that person his entire life. You know, that's just who he was. He was the best. I mean, you know, we've been very fortunate to have iconic personalities in the city 
um, you know, with the Mr. Buck and Stan, um, you know, guys like that that are, you know, Mike Shannon. Um, we've been very, very lucky, Charlie Spoonauer. Just think of the personalities that this the city has attracted, and and uh, and there was a reason why they stay, right? And uh, he was just that magnetic personality. It's funny the people that are, are reaching out to me, um, mostly uh, reaching out based on the fact that they had met Bobby with me. So I've got a lot of Canadian friends who are saying, Hey, you know, you know, I'm sorry to hear about Bobby, but gosh, you know, he, he did this, this, and this when he was up in our hometown. I remember him telling this story and I'm like, I really don't even remember you guys, you know, seeing him, but he was everywhere. He left that incredible impression, you know? Yeah. He just, he just had this ability to, uh, you know, have a conversation with, everyone and yet make them all feel like, you know, that's, that's, just, they were special. And that, that was the way he was. I mean, it, <clears throat> he had an infectious way about him too, that would help people, you know, chuckle. He couldn't help but laugh. You know, it could be the, the most serious of times and he'd have, he'd figure out a way to, and, he, and he'd go, what too soon, <laughs> you know, like, and you, and you know, you couldn't, you couldn't help but laugh. You know, I've, I've just seen some things with him that were, that are amazing. And he, and he did, and he would do things to poke at you a little bit. Like, you know, he, he had a way, he knows I come from a tough town and there's, you know, transient kind of uh, workers in the railroad or in the, in the uh, uh, logging business, you know, and he's always heard about how tough our town was and, you know, Wendell Clark and Barry Melrose and Joey Kosher. And I was heard about all these guys and, comes back to my hometown with me and <clears throat> Bobby wasn't drinking. And he said, I'm gonna have a cup of beer tonight. And I said, what? And he goes, I'm gonna have a cup of beer tonight. I said, no, you're not. And he said, no, I am. Uh, I'm, don't worry about me. I'm fine. And I said, I'm thinking to myself, it's not a good idea. Like, you know, like he had stopped and I don't want to be the one responsible for him getting back on, you know, and not, not that he, you know, he, he actually, <laughs> You know, he would have a beer once in a while. Everyone was fine. I'm, we had known at the time that he was, you know, he could he could just click that on and off. He said, nope, this is the place where I like to have a couple of beer up in Saskatchewan. I said, you're never here. He said, well, just think how little I'm going to drink. So he's kind of laughing to himself when we get in the bar and it's full of, you know, Friday night full of guys that have been working all week and they're having steaks and the steak fit in the bar. He orders himself a Budweiser and, has it, and I'm just sitting there and, knocks one down and a little bit later has another one. And then he turns around and he said, Hey, I just want everyone to listen up. Everyone kind of looks at him in this little town. He said, I just want everyone to know that I'm the toughest son of a, in this place. And I'm going to be sitting here all night. If anybody wants to have anything to say about it. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, Oh my God, like, what are you doing? And, and he looks, and then he just starts laughing and he goes, it make you nervous. <laughs> and my buddies that were in there thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. They're like, who's your friend? You know? And I said, well, it's my coach. You know, I got, but he just wanted me to be uncomfortable. It was just like, he was going to make me laugh. And, you know, and then, and then he comes back and he goes, ah, guys from Kirkland Lake are way tougher. You should have seen what I did in that bar back home. You know, he, <laughs> He just wanted to brag about the about you know challenging the whole city or whole town, and he no one did anything, and it was just hilarious. Like he, you know, you think about it now, you think 
he was just trying to get to me and 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 it worked but it was funny you know one of the many things that the two of you have in common is your love for youth hockey in this area and he was so proud especially of the year that five first round picks were drafted in the NHL draft coming out of St. Louis and that's something i know that from the beginning and you have a great history here in St. Louis because of Bobby, because when the when the hockey team came to town, he got right after it, didn't he, and, and taught the game to people. Yeah, there's always these pictures of the hockey school that the Blues used to have with him and Noel uh, out on the ice. I think it was at Afton. Um, and um, just his ability to to embrace the community and what they were doing. You know, I, I mean, it, it's tough sometimes to get guys. Uh, I'm not crapping on the younger generation but it really is tough to get some guys to do some community uh involvement sometimes especially you know they're like well you know their players association or the team has a policy on how many events they can do or they have to subjected to during the winter and everything and that wasn't even in bobby's you know his, in his book it was like you know we're going to stay in this community we're going to live here we're going to or make it better, and the only way to make it better is to get involved, not talk about it, just get involved in the community. And that's what he did. I mean, he looked at it like it was uh, a part of a responsibility. And because of that, um, you know, youth hockey grew. Because of that, there was more people at the games. Because of that, you know, the admiration for the team and the, and the jersey um, was built. And, and he took pride in that. I mean, look at, uh, you know, so what he did, what he did in our in our community, um, is, is is unbelievable. It's special, right? But but it it would be it, it would be kind of a, a knock to say that he only impacted the hockey community because he it, it, it did it for everybody. There's no question. That's very well said. I, I guess the final thing, Chaser, and I could talk to you for forever about Bobby, but. You know, how do we, and I'm going to say we because it's going to take all of us, keep moving forward the way Bobby would want us to in in the area of hockey and also St. Louis because you just touched on it. Boy, did he love St. Louis and wanted to make sure that he let everyone know that St. Louis is a great town. How do we carry on in uh, in Bobby Plager fashion the way he would want us to, to lead this charge moving forward? Well, it's funny because people, I've got some very nice gestures of people saying, you know, this is your responsibility now to continue the tradition of what Bobby left off. You know, you're perfect for that. And I'm like, are you guys kidding me? Like, this is, this is going to take an army of people mm-hmm. to do what he did. Like, like, seriously, like, Kelly Chase does not replace, you know, get into the shoes where I walk down the same hallways as him and have the same impact on people that's a lifetime of respect that was earned it's going to take an army of us guys and alumni to just think about what's the right thing when we're doing it and what would you know and how could we make people feel better in the community and anyway i mean we were talking with uh, melissa and his daughter and, and son-in-law the other the other night and we were and we brought up, you know, people wanting to send flowers and said, well, you know, what, what, sh- what should we do? I said, well, you think we're going to talk about it today. I said, well, you think about it. I go, but we start naming off all of the things. Well, he would want this. Well, he would want that. Well, he would want, you know, he, he thought a lot of you talking, he thought a lot of this. And by the time we were done, we're like, we're going a mile wide and like an inch deep instead of like, let's just focus on what it is. And, 
And Dave made a great point. He said, you know, he, he really loved the community so much that maybe we should be just looking into that community assistance fund that you guys just finished talking to him about and how he could help with that because that's helping the entire community. And I just said it, Bobby was not about just hockey. The depth of the guy in this town had much more to do than just the blues. And, and so, you know, so we said, okay, well, we'll see if people ask, we're just going to tell them to, you know, if you want to make a contribution on his behalf, go to the alumni site and put, put, you know, make a donation to the community assistance fund in lieu of flowers or whatever. But I mean, because that's the kind of stuff he did. It didn't, it wasn't just about hockey. It was about, you know, about everyone. It was about the, the city. I mean, winning the cup alone was fantastic, right? It was fantastic. And everyone said, oh, he got his cup. He got his parade. And he did. And that's, that, that, that was so, so great. But also remember, the fact that his jersey was retired was an opportunity for, for the city to say thank you to him. Mike Caruso made an unreal point. He said, are you not glad we had, you know, because there, you know, there was talk. They talked about it, obviously. You know, is this the timing of retiring his jersey? Mike Caruso said, are you not glad we did that? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the sense of waiting till the guy passes away? And so for Bobby Plager, while the parade was great, it was our chance to say thank you to him solely because he didn't want to be the only guy that got credit. And so the community is what he's about, and uh, that's how we got to kind of live our lifestyle, thinking about what he would do and what he's done for us. So well said. Uh, I, I highly encourage people to go to stlbluesalumni.com, stlbluesalumni.com, and just look at it. It's the Blues Alumni Assistance Fund in partnership with Youthbridge Community Foundation. We had John Hamm on the Garage Happy Hour recently uh, pushing this out there as well. He was uh, so good at articulating it, Chaser. And these are helping small businesses throughout the St. Louis area, contributing to a COVID-19 relief fund. It's helping the community. They want to tell stories about local businesses suffering from financial distress, rebuilding the community. That's what we're doing here uh, with these applications for grants to receive financial support. And you can make a donation. Just go to stlbluesalumni.com for the Blues Alumni Assistance Fund. It's such a great group of alumni. We're so fortunate and uh, Kelly Chase, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about Bob Plager today. Uh, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. And uh, it seems to be the fit. You know, what you just read is exactly what he's about. So uh, that's 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 even that's even better that we could, you know, help help people. And and uh, that's right. What hit, we'll be right in his wheelhouse. We're gonna do it, uh, Chaser. Thanks so much for this. Appreciate it. All the best to you. Have a good day. Have a good one. 1045 on KMOX. Back with the former host of this show, Ron Jacober, on Sports on a Sunday Morning, next. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 1048 Sports on a Sunday Morning. Tom Ackerman with you and joining us, former host of this show, St. Louis Media, St. Louis Radio, Missouri Sports Hall of Famer. Ron Jacober is with us on KMOX. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Tom. It's uh, always good to talk to you, and I know this has been a tough uh, week, and we just got off the phone with Kelly Chase talking about Bob Plager, and I wanted to get your thoughts on your friend and one of the greatest to ever wear the blue note, perhaps the most loved blue of all time, Bob Plager. 
Yeah, and we also lost another icon in St. Louis, Joe Cunningham. Yes, we did. You know, I knew both those guys for decades, decades. And yeah, Bobby was <laughs> just a great guy. Uh, just a kind of a snapshot of the kind of things he did. The uh, Knights of Columbus at our parish, Christ Prince of Peace, asked me a little over a year ago to put together a hockey night. We did a baseball night a couple of years ago, so I, I said, "Okay, I'll do it." We invited Bobby, and of course, he came. We had a raffle and. And we had him up on stage, and people asked him questions. I don't know how many people took pictures of him that night. And he signed everything, Tom. He was one of the last people to leave the building and because he was signing everything. I mean, that just to me, it was just a snapshot of, of what Bobby was because he was so personable, so affable, so approachable. There was none of this I'm a star kind of ego thing that you see a lot these days, to tell you the truth, among some athletes and celebrities. So, yeah, he, I, and when I was doing the blues broadcast, we loved it when he popped into the into the broadcast booth and, and entertained us with some stuff. And a million stories, as you're well aware. But uh, he's the kind of a guy that you think was going to be here forever. And I, when I got the call the other day about the accident, about an hour before they announced who it was, it just took my breath away. I thought, that's not possible. But obviously, it was. Yeah, it's very, very hard. And I, I had the same reaction. And he was just so present in all of our lives, yeah, you know? Right, I mean, right. I, I can tell you from my perspective, you know, you sent me on an assignment when I first started at KMOX to go cover the Blues. I mean, I'm 22 years old. You know, of course, I'm excited about it, but I don't really know anybody over there. And it didn't take him long standing there with his cup of coffee to notice that I'm holding the KMOX mic flag. And we just got to talking and became quick friends. But he made you feel like you were an NHL veteran reporter. Like, he made me feel like I belonged in the room. You know, yeah, he, they they threw away the mold when they made Bobby. Let me tell you, he was unique in that regard. Uh, just a million stories and always entertaining people. But but he was a solid solid hockey man. Obviously, I said one time that he wasn't a great player, but he was a great blue. And he was he was a good player, but he always said to me, you know, Barkley was much better than I was. Well, he was probably right about that. But uh, the player family met so much. The hockey in St. Louis with Barkley and Bobby and and Billy was here for a while. Remember the time Scotty Bowman started all three of them in one game in Montreal, just as kind of a tribute to the to the Plager family. And people couldn't believe it. They were all three defensemen. He had three defensemen in the starting lineup. But uh, yeah, he was very unique. And I just wanted to mention Cunningham too, Tom. While we're doing because Joe Cunningham started a program with the Cardinals with Fred Bird that he would go to grade schools and entertain young kids six seven eight years old with a say no to drug program and he did it for hundreds and hundreds of schools over the years he told me one time how many thousand kids were exposed to that and it was many 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 thousands and i just wanted to mention that because people should recognize the fact that joe did that and did it for years and years and years what a wonderful guy well you know he was in the one two three club with us and and by the way, if you're going to be next to him and you get up and walk away, you better be careful when you sit back down because there's probably a cup of water on your chair. <laughs> See, hey, he was like the Bob Plager, you know? Oh, yeah, he was. He, they were pretty similar people in many regards. Both cared about the community, both cared about people, both very approachable. And, uh, you know, Joe had been ill for quite a while, and it was not a 
total shock that he died. But uh, uh, he, he was he was such a lovable guy. He used to call me Jehovah. Hey, Jehovah. <laughs> That's not my name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know. But I want to mention that he started that program with the Cardinals, and he probably impacted many, many, many kids with that saying no to drugs thing. You never know how effective that is, but I think it's a wonderful thing. I think that Al Roboski is doing it now with the Cardinals. Yeah, and, you know, I think he taught Al a lot, and uh, and Al would say that very thing. And Joe was a very special human being who, you know, as you mentioned, the, the trips out to see all of the kids, worked inside to sell tickets, worked inside yeah, the ballpark really. to develop all-inclusive areas and suites. And you think about between Joe Cunningham and, say, Marty Hendon, how they grew that brand here in St. Louis, you know, and made it a family, made it our team. He told me one time, he said, I was really a good first baseman when they called me up. But the problem was there was a guy on first base, I think his name was Musial. (laughs) (laughs) And so they put Joe in right field, which was always a a bit of excitement. He was a good hitter, but he wasn't that a terrific outfielder. But he said there was a guy named Musial at first base, so that was a problem. (laughs) Yeah, and Cunningham, you know, might have won the batting title in 59, if not for a guy named uh, Hank Aaron. Yeah, I think he was just one point behind Aaron, and, and uh, he hit three, I don't know, in the 340s, I think. Yeah, he was a good hitter. But I just want to mention Cunningham this morning. I know that a lot of people are talking about Bobby, and they well should, but I wanted to mention Joe also. We lost two guys this week that were very special to all of us, and especially special to me. Yeah, absolutely. Cunningham, also a Missouri Sports Hall of Famer and St. Louis Sports Hall of Famer and a big part of the Cardinals organization as Bob Plager was and will remain a huge part of the Blues organization. And, you know, in the last couple minutes here, just reflecting on those two and more, Kelly Chase just said something in the last interview, Ron, about, you know, how fortunate we are to be around so many of these legendary figures and lifers through the years, you know, and, and a name like Red Shandings comes to mind, who just stay with an organization and you live through them and uh, they live through you really, you know, they, they, they want to be, they'd love to be out in the seats having a cold one, just like you. That's, that's what makes them relatable. Yeah. And they stayed here and, you know, St. Louis takes a lot of shots from people about being a, a tough city, a bad city, a, you know, a dangerous city. But so many of those athletes have stayed here for a reason because it's a great, great area, great city to grow up in. And we look at the Blues alumni, how many of those guys have stayed. Look at the baseball players that have stayed here after they retired. Yeah, it's a great place to live, and I wish people would think more positively about St. Louis than, than they do. But, yeah, we're fortunate. We're blessed to have those people stay here, those athletes stay here and be part of our community. Well, we're fortunate to have you, and I uh, really appreciate you coming on and, and talking about both gentlemen. And by the way, I just uh, got back from Innsbruck. You know who the first person is to tell me about Innsbruck? Before I even partner with him, it was you. (laughs) Yeah, we had a place out there for years. We had a place out there primarily for the grandkids because they love the the lakes and (laughs) all that stuff. But, yeah, I loved Innsbruck. I still wish we were there, to be honest with you. Yeah, it looks great out there. It really does. Well, I'm sure they'll have you anytime you want. Ron, uh, all the best to you and Lois and, and the family, and thanks for joining us. 
Always a pleasure, Tom. Thanks. Thank you. Ron Jacober with us on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Coming up at 11.15, Mike DeCourcy, longtime basketball writer for the Sporting News. The NCAA tournament has reached the Elite Eight. Four more teams will get into the Elite Eight today. At 11.30, John Mosellock, live from Jupiter, Florida, with the latest on the Cardinals. We'll go to the Cardinals broadcast at 11.55. Hear a little bit of Mike Schilt before that as well. Sports on a Sunday morning on X. a beautiful, cool day here in St. Louis. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.